Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 10th of December. A major boost for our COVID vaccine program with the Pfizer dose given the final tick of approval for Australian children aged between 5 and 11. The Australian Technical Advisory Group has recommended the lower dose vaccine start being rolled out from the 10th of January. Parents can start booking appointments before the end of this month, with the TAGI also recommending the first and second doses be given out to the children eight weeks apart, but that could be shortened if there is a major COVID outbreak. Tens of thousands of people are likely to spend Christmas in isolation as COVID cases continue to increase across Sydney and in northern New South Wales. New South Wales recorded 420 new COVID cases yesterday, the highest daily total since early October. More people have also tested positive after two super spreading events in Sydney over the weekend at a local pub and on a harbour cruise. And a COVID alert has been issued for a nightclub in Byron Bay as thousands of schoolies continue their end-of-year celebrations in the holiday hotspot. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet says despite the increase in COVID cases, including the new Omicron strain, the state government is still pushing ahead with easing more COVID restrictions from next week, including abolishing masks in shopping centres and no density limits. But the Premier admits the situation may change. From time to time, if required, uh, we will tailor those settings to the situation. Um, It's not set and forget. We'll always adjust those settings where we think they need to be amended. Uh, But at the moment, we are very confident with where we sit today. Western Australia will be the only state or territory in the country with hard border closures for Christmas, with the Northern Territory the latest to unveil its roadmap out of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's now past the 80% double-dose vaccination target, paving the way for borders to reopen on the 20th of December. Chief Minister Michael Gunner says it allows them to scrap their so-called red zones. The whole country is now entering a phase of dealing with this pandemic where the virus will gradually become endemic as we learn to live with COVID as a highly vaccinated society. We genuinely declare red zones wherever COVID has spread. At some point in the near future, that's going to be pretty much everywhere, making the need to declare red zones increasingly pointless. Queensland borders will reopen on Monday to residents from New South Wales, Victoria and the ACT. Staying in Queensland and another tragedy overnight from rising floodwaters. Two people were swept away in a car in Brisbane's north. The male driver was able to free himself, but the 44-year-old female passenger became trapped in the vehicle and her body was later found. It's Queensland's third flood-related death over the past week. Meantime, flooding continues for parts of New South Wales and Victoria, with wild weather continuing to smash the east coast of the country. But it's a completely different story in WA as two large bushfires continue to threaten lives and homes in the state's Margaret River region. An extremely serious bushfire has already burnt through thousands of hectares of national park in the state's southwest, while a second blaze has broken out further south in Yellenup, forcing more residents to evacuate overnight. Department of Fire and Emergency Services Commissioner Darren Clem says the fire was spreading fast in multiple directions with hot, dry and windy conditions. Some particular challenges with fuel, uh, uh, with the age of the fuel in, at, in this particular fire, but not the only challenge. You know, I spoke about the challenges of the cave system and the ab- ability to get um, um, earth-moving machinery in there. 
A second aerial tanker has arrived from New South Wales to help. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales and police on the state's Hunter region have issued a warning after a dangerous new form of spiking. Dubbed needle spiking, a number of women have come forward after they were injected with an unknown substance without their consent. Our reporter, Hamish Finlay, has the details from Newcastle. That's right, Tash. So far, this all started when a woman ended up in hospital after leaving a venue on King Street. She reportedly didn't feel anything at the time, but the suspicious puncture wound was found during her treatment. It wasn't the only incident either. Two other women reported similar wounds at venues in Newcastle and Hamilton. Steve Hunt runs the Kent Hotel on Beaumont Street. He says pub owners across the city held a meeting this week with security staff on high alert. Um, there's been toxicology tests done, so we're not sure of the results of those yet, but publicans and pub agents and licensees take it extremely seriously. Police are urging anyone with info to give them a call. And to WA, where the coroner will investigate the death of a Perth toddler after a circumcision procedure. The two-year-old died on Wednesday night, but authorities are investigating whether it may be connected to an allergic reaction. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has more from Perth. Tash, the little boy, was rushed to hospital from a friend's house hours after undergoing the procedure at a medical clinic. He couldn't be saved and it's believed he had an allergic reaction to anaesthetic. WA police say it appears there is nothing suspicious about the case, describing it as a tragedy. While the two-year-old's infant brother also ended up in hospital on the same night, he had emergency surgery due to post-operative bleeding. Male circumcision isn't illegal in Australia. Australian Medical Association WA President Dr Mark Duncan-Smith says parents should weigh up the risks. From a routine point of view, circumcision is not undertaken in Australia and in children it should only be undertaken for medical reasons. Now for the latest in business and finance news with Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now many people have never heard of AdBlue but it risks bringing our economy to a standstill. Tash, that's right. This is a small amount of fluid that goes into some diesel trucks that, if it's not there, can literally cripple the country's truck network. Now, if you don't think trucks are important, try and get food from the supermarket or clothes or anything else. Uh, The supply chain in Australia relies on trucks and they rely on this additive. Now, the additive is supposed to reduce diesel emissions and modern trucks need it to run. You literally can't run without this product. Now, at the moment, the suppliers are saying they've only got about six weeks of supply. There are crisis meetings happening in Canberra right now to try and stop this becoming a crisis. That If we do end up with a, a shortage or is literally running out come the end of January, it literally will bring much of Australia's truck fleet to a grinding halt. And talking about the economy, there's some major news coming out of China this morning with one of the biggest property developers in the world defaulting. Yeah, this is amazing. We've talked about this a couple of times over the last few months, but Evergrande is the name of the business. It is the second largest property developer in China. It is the world's largest indebted company. It's got the most debt of any business in the entire world. And basically, as of today, the ratings agency Fitcher said, these guys can't pay their bills. They can't make the payments they have to make on that debt. Now, the challenge is we don't know what happens next so far. It's been one of those, you know, with a whimper, not a bang stories. No one seems to be panicking. It doesn't seem to be destroying the world's financial markets, which was the concern a few months ago when this was raised. 
remains to be seen how much of that debt they can pay off, where the consequences will fall, who will be left holding the bag. So it's a bit of a hold your breath moment, but thus far it seems okay as we go towards Christmas. We'll certainly keep an eye on that, Scott. And another day, another banking fine, this time $25 million for ANZ, but it might be the end of the line. Yeah, possibly, finally, maybe, at least for part of it. So this was the last court case brought by ASIC, the corporate regulator, out of the Banking Royal Commission. Again, it seems bizarre that it's taken this many years to finally get here, but of all the issues referred to ASIC from the Royal Commission, this is the last one they're taking to court. Now, there won't be the last action they take against the bank, I'm pretty sure of that, but in this case, ANZ had 580,000 customers that had underpaid over more than 20 years, which is pretty emblematic of the whole thing. I'm not sure whether it's good news or bad news that we're at the end of the line for the fines and the court cases, but we just have to hope the banks have finally learned their lessons. It might be might require more optimism than I can muster on a Friday morning, Tash, to believe that's the case, but we'll cross our fingers just in case. <laughs> it's a new week next week. Scott, thanks so much. Let's start again. Thanks, Tash. Time for sport now with Lee Giolo. And Lee, Australia will move into day three of the first Ashes Test in control. And my gosh, how good is Travis Head? Oh, absolutely, Tash. The Aussies owned day two of proceedings, led by Head, who notched up his maiden Ashes century. He'll return to the crease this morning on 112, alongside Mitch Stark on 10 at 7 for 343. Fair to say, man of the moment, Head is still in disbelief about what he's done. Still pinching myself sort of thing, like I can't quite work out what what quite transpired over the last couple of hours, but um, I want to contribute to Australia and Australia wins and hopefully we'll put ourselves in a nice position. Earlier, David Warner missed out on 100 of his own, making 94. Marnus Labuschagne was next best with 74. Tash, we head into day three, leading by 196. You can expect our batsmen to go out there swinging this morning before sending England back to the crease. And in the Big Bash League, Lee, the strikers have had their revenge on the Renegades. They certainly did, Tash. The sides met earlier in the week and it was the Renegades snaring the points that time. But last night, it was the Adelaide squad showing whose bosses, the Strikers, notched up a 49-run win. They started by winning the toss and electing to bat. John O'Wells making 37 and Matt Short a quickfire 32 for a team total 149. In reply, the Gades made a fast start, open a Sam Harper reaching 33, but no one else could get going for Team Red and they were all out for 100. Man of the match Wes Agar took three for 17. He told Fox Sports, it's all about a stripped back approach. Yeah, I guess for me, my key is keeping it really simple. I think the, the more simple I can keep it, the better. And I, I remember a long time ago, Benny Lachlan always saying to me, the hardest ball to hit in any form of cricket is that hard length top of off stump. And that's when I'm under pressure, what I try to go to. And that's what I went to tonight. And luckily it paid off. Tonight, the Melbourne Stars play host to Sydney Thunder. And can you believe next year's AFL fixture is already out, featuring a couple of Friday night doubleheaders? Yes, the Demons start their premiership defence against the Bulldogs in March 16's season opener, while all Victorian teams play each other in round one to reward those lockdown-weary footy fans. Elsewhere, that allows the Giants to host the Swans in an all-Sydney clash as well. Buddy Franklin needs just five goals to reach 1,000, and he'd love to get it in round one. You always know that we're going to be competitive. I think... Um, even this year, there was a lot of games. We, even we had a really young team, but we were always in the games. We never really got blown away. So I think you always know that we're going to fight to the death, be competitive as hell, and play an exciting brand of football, which we did this year. And that's Sportage. Massive day in sport. Bring on 2022. You have a great weekend. Thanks, Lee. You too, Tash. Cheers. 
here's a feel-good Friday story for you. A surgeon in India has officially completed more than 37,000 cleft palate surgeries for free to help children in need. Cleft palate is one of the world's most common birth conditions, affecting a child's ability to speak and eat. Dr Sabod Singh, who also works with thousands of burns victims, says it's a privilege to save and change the lives of so many children with his goal to help make every child smile. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.